You've tuned into a mega church. We are a people hungry to encounter God through worship and His Word, being witnesses to the world around us. We pray this teaching blesses you and trust God will reveal Himself to you in a new way today. And if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or to find out more about Omega, head to our website or Facebook page through the links below. Praise God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A little stronger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have been studying the book of uh, First Peter. Now today we are going to look into chapter 3 verses 1 to 7. And um, yeah, it was with great difficulty and trembling and preparing because this is about talking about wives submit your husbands. So <laughs> you know how difficult subject it is. So the point here is uh, <clears throat> Peter's advice here is not the final word to learn about wives submitting to their husbands. This is not the only passage. What I mean is this is not the only place where you learn about submission. You can learn from Paul's writings. You can learn from Jesus, uh, whatever he talks about in general, many teachings. Everything is interconnected. So we need to learn what the Word of God has to say about it and learn wholesome teaching about it, about the submission or what this family dynamics should be. That's what is very important. But here, what we have to learn here is the context in which this is addressed is different. In the early church, there were many women who were believers, but the husbands were not believers. And what was happening, they will come to the church, the women come to the church, and then the husbands will, be, will not be obedient to the gospel. They share the gospel, they hear the gospel preached, but they resist the gospel. So this is the context in which he's writing. So this is not... This is not the teaching he's giving to all Christian families, but he's, in particular, he's talking about women whose husbands do not believe in Jesus Christ. How to win them over to Christ. He says, not by words, without a word, but by your decent behavior. By your behavior, you can win them. By your submission, you can win them. So submission, is it so powerful? It is powerful. We will be looking at, it, uh, looking at it, how powerful is the principle of submission that the Word of God talks about. <clears throat> so in the verse 1 it says, wives in the same way. In some translations it says, likewise, wives. That's how it begins. So what is this likewise? Likewise is, some people think it is like, he talks about in chapter 2, he talks about servants, submit yourself to your masters, for the Lord's sake. Submit yourself to the Lord's sake, to every authority. Uh, that's in verse 13. Verse 18, slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect. And then he talks about Jesus' submission. He himself bore, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He, that is the model. So you have to imitate Christ. So many things, many people think he's talking like servants, submit yourself to your masters. Whatever master says, sit, he has to sit. Get up, he has to get up. There's nothing a servant can do more than that. But some people think wives have to submit to the husbands like that. Completely wrong. That's not what he's trying to teach here. What he's trying to teach is the model is like Christ. The model is like Christ Jesus himself. 
he submitted himself to the father to what extent to go to the cross as well but what is very important is uh, we have to imitate the, 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 this implies something has been uh, when he says likewise when he's using the word likewise that means he already said something in the same way you do again so what did he say he said about jesus christ obedience so he says like christ obeyed the father wives submit yourself to your husbands does it make sense can i hear a amen yes so <clears throat> uh, the that inference that they have to submit as like a servant to his master is a wrong one it is a different kind of submission and i tell you to submit is sometimes the highest form of you know we are called to imitate jesus christ we are called to imitate god when god is doing that and you do it it honors god submission is not somebody superior another is inferior it doesn't mean that we we'll look at it very very soon but the question is is there any magic in submission ask somebody sitting next to you is there a magic in submission huh? <laughs> what do you think is there some kind of a magic in submission it is the most powerful thing the holy spirit has recorded for us here you want to change somebody you submit to them they will change it is not about preaching it is not about giving lengthy lectures uh, one wife tried to change the husband who doesn't believe in jesus what she did every time every day he came back from work she would play gospel songs and she the, the radio will be blaring or blasting some christian message some preacher will be preaching after some time the husband found a way to escape all this he started going to drink with his friends the point i'm trying to make is it is not by words that you are going to win somebody is not by preaching is not by pushing something down their throat but when you obey them and submit to them they will look at that life and say what is this power that she has what is the power is what is the source of a power that's within her that makes her to submit to me even though i don't believe in her god and then it surely works the tense in the greek when you look at it it the the, the sense it communicates is it is a sure remedy a sure um uh, scheme which will not fail a sure scheme which will not fail would you like to say it aloud with me it's a sure scheme which will not fail have you got are you sensing the power of submission there is power in submission that is a, that is what god has designed it the families to function that way we will look at it a uh, little more uh, in uh, in detail about it so this has to come the submission has to come from the purity of life purity of life this is not submission by submitting you can win over the husband who does not believe in jesus to make him believe in jesus this is the most powerful way this raises another question should husbands submit to their wives or not it says wife submit okay but should husband submit to wives is it a legitimate legitimate question or not so i see somebody saying no <laughs> <laughs> ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 submitting to one another out of reverence for christ this is a general admonition paul is writing what is he saying 
submitting to one another one another means i had to submit to you you have to submit to me had to submit to you you have to submit to me if you had to submit to each other how does it exclude husband from submitting to the wife i'll tell you there is a misconception in our minds submission we think is inferiority no submission is an attitude of power when you are secure in your own identity when you are secure in who you are you will submit without any question because that is not going to bring you down in value it will not put you down in value because you know who you are a child of the living god because you know you are a daughter of god because you are know a son of god you can submit to each other so wife submit to husbands why does he why does he say this is to win over the unbelieving husband to the lord jesus christ but paul writes to christian families and there also he says wives submit your husbands like christ submitted himself so that is the highest model like christ submitted himself to god you have to submit to your husband and that is imitating god if you if you are weak you cannot do it if you are strong you can do it if you are weak you will resist it but if you are strong you will do it why you know who you are you can do it paul writes the same thing wives submit to husbands husbands to love their wives as christ loved the church submission is not something new you see it everywhere tell somebody everywhere submission you see everywhere in 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 the, in the society example citizens being subject to government authorities do you rebel against the government do you you don't first peter 213 be subject for the lord's sake to every human institution we studied uh, last week or the week before whether it be to the emperor as supreme the universe the whole universe is subject to christ the whole universe everything that is created is subject to christ it's obeying christ he says one time sun rises in the rises in the morning set in the evening he says once is going on for thousands of years millions of years is doing it it doesn't disobey it doesn't disobey stars are born stars die at the word of god but nothing disobeys in the whole universe except human being because god gave the freedom to obey or to disobey that's the whole thing the rest of the creation doesn't disobey god at all any time christ being subject to oh, sorry i'll give you a scripture for that and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church so he put the whole universe under the feet of christ and he gave that authority to the church you have the authority to rule over the whole creation christ being subject to the father does jesus himself submit himself to the father look at 1 corinthians 15:28 when all things are subjected to him that is to jesus christ then the son himself will also be subjected to him he put all things in subjection under him that god may be in all all in all so everything is going to be subject under christ and then christ will submit everything to the father including himself so that god will be all in all submission is not weakness submission is not inferiority submission is not uh, anything like that and then you see church members 
have to submit to the church leaders. Church members have to submit to church leaders. It's there, 1 Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Why is being subject to the husbands? It's written by Paul in Colossians, when he wrote to Titus, then Peter writes about it, then Paul writes in other writings about it. In Ephesians, wives being subject to their husbands. Now, church being subject to Christ. The church itself is subject to Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.24. Now, as a church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to everything to their husbands. Now, you may wonder, why is God trying to put this word so clearly in, his in, in the book that wives should submit to husbands? You know, anywhere you see these things, you, you will be seeing these things. Servants have to submit to their masters. There can be a, a commander or a squad leader or whatever rank you have in, in the army. The, the one who is below him will be subject to the one who is above him. Think about what will happen to army if everybody rebels. Can you have an army? If no one gives commands and no one listens to any commands, can they go and fight the enemy? Cannot. So the same reason God has set this order that there should be a hierarchy within the family. The hierarchy generally goes like this. You have God on top and then you have got the husband who is the head of the home and the wife and then children and then everybody else comes into the picture. When this hierarchy is not followed, what happens is you will end up with dysfunctional families. Dysfunctional families. Why? Because they don't want to have this order in the family. You need to have God in the top place. As husband submits to God the father, and wife submits to the husband, and children submit to the parents, and then that family is blessed. That family is blessed. And husband will be the head. You know, the, the way I was thinking about it is, the buck has to stop somewhere. If something goes wrong in the family, God wants to take account and say, hey, what's happening in the family? Who is responsible? Husband is responsible. Husband is responsible. That's the reason why, because the buck has to stop somewhere, God made that to stop at husband. So you have more responsibility. Husbands, you have more responsibility. Those are submitting to you. You need to deal with it, with that whole matter of wives and the children who submit to you. You need to be more sensitive, more loving, more tender-hearted, more, uh, more supporting, more strengthening them, encouraging them. It's a big role. It's a big role. And somehow God thought this order is the best. And I was just thinking, why did God make this order? Probably, when he created just Adam and Eve, there nobody else was there, only Adam and Eve. Who was tempted first? It's Eve. So I think somewhere in the minds of apostles, they somehow feel, when they talk about weaker sex in this context, what does he say? Uh, in verse 7, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as a weaker partner. As a weaker partner. Are they weak? In what sense are they weak? The weaker partner is not in terms of intelligence, not in terms of emotional, emotional uh, quotient, whatever you call EQ, you know, emotional quotient. Sometimes women are more composed, more better equipped to deal with the emotions than men are. I tell you this. They can bear more pain. 
they can do many many things much better than men but god has said i want to hold man responsible he is the head children don't do well who is responsible father is responsible finances are not going well who is responsible father is responsible health is not doing well health wise people are not doing well the family who is responsible father is responsible children have to find direction in their life who is responsible both father and mother but ultimately if the something goes wrong responsibility lies with father when fathers fail to take responsibility is that possible yeah i have seen it many times in my own family when my father and mother when i when i look at them my father's contribution to us was minimal he will go do his job bring the money and give into her hands every month faithfully and she will plan how to spend the money she will plan when to borrow from outside money or how to pay back the money everything she used to run my father he never bothered about anything else so literally for me my mother was the one who was the head of the family <laughs> if if i want something who do i go and ask my mother so this is it is possible i'm not what i'm trying to say is scripture gives a model the best model but if it doesn't work we have to make some other model work where husbands are incapable of handling the pressure if they are intellectually not sufficient to handle the matters and are emotionally not equipped or in some other way they are deficient then the wife can take leadership if he becomes sick as paralyzed or bedridden or something happens then the wives are become to become the head they have to but still there has to be the submission you pass by him get his approval the lord will bless it why because you are submitting god will bless you want god's approval that's the way to go that's the way to go but at the same time we know women have run the whole nation you know some of them like in india you got indira gandhi who was 17 years she was a prime minister you got margaret thatcher in uk and many places women are rising as leaders it is not to say they are less when the scripture says submit it doesn't mean they are less they are they have lot of capacity they are equal and they have they are resourceful they are intelligent but somewhere we have to say we must have a hierarchy for a successful functioning of the family this is god's solution for a successful family husband take leadership and wife will work along it doesn't necessarily mean husband will say a simple thing this i read in a book long time ago a husband and wife go to buy furniture and then wife says this couch is really good very slender stylish he looked at her and said what tomorrow we have a couple of children they are going to jump on it this leg is going to break so he bought another model which is sturdy strong but who was who was dusting the couch once in a while it was a wife husband never bothered about the couch afterwards every time she dusted it she said i didn't like it but he bought it and she would dust it so i would that when i read that i i realized that i learned a very big lesson after reading this i said i will not interfere in choices <laughs> when she makes 
And this year we are going to complete 30 years of our marriage. And ask Seema, how many times I interfere? I don't. If she says, I like this bed, I say, buy it. If she says, I want this one, I say, buy it. I don't interfere in those things. So that is how you learn something, always. There's something to learn. Okay. Half my time is over, so let's keep going. Oh, they say, what does the Peter say here? By submission to your husband, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words. It doesn't mean without the word, meaning the gospel. They will never be saved without the gospel. But that gospel will come with power to the husband when the wife submits to the husband. When she submits to him, Without words, he need not speak. Her chaste, pure life will convince him that the gospel is true. If you cannot win over the whole world, at least win one person. That's a challenge. But that's what the present word of God is giving the challenge here. And then it says, uh, they, are, they see the purity and reverence of your lives. They have to see your purity and reverence of your lives. You are called to be like Jesus. Basically, you're called to be like Jesus, not to be weak, to be strong. The calling is for strong. Now, what things are happening is how people try to impress. Verse 3 says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothing. Now, see, he's, he has written six verses about wives and one verse for husband, if you notice it. When you observe, how many verses for women and for the wife? Six. For husband? Why? <laughs> the matter is sensitive. The matter is important. And the matter has to be communicated. Why? Because this thing is the pivotal truth that is going to transform the family. This is going to hold the family together. This is the one that is going to make the family strong. And that's where the importance is. So why he spent six verses to talk to wives, to submit? Because that's the most important truth. That's the most important truth. That is going to make the family strong. So he says, now they should, their beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair, and wearing of fine gold jewelry and fine clothing. Is he against these things? No. He's not saying don't braid your hair. He's not saying don't wear jewelry. He's not saying don't wear clo fine clothes. That's not his point. What he's saying is the adornment, the word adornment comes from the Greek word called cosmos. And from that another word comes cosmetic. You make yourself beautiful. You know, spending an hour before the, the mirror, 13 steps to facial, uh, 13 steps to <laughs> apply things. It's not wrong. Any husband you ask if, if his wife is beautiful and she presents herself in a very acceptable way, he's very proud about the wife. No one says, no, no, I don't like my wife. She spends so much of time. No one complains. That's not the point here. The point is the adornment, the beauty, the cosmos, the cosmetic effect should come not from jewelry, not from your painting the face, not from wearing the clothes. It should come from the beauty from inside. Not external, but eternal, someone said. What is eternal? That's purity. That purity that it talks about in verse uh, reverence and purity of your lives. Purity and reverence of your lives in verse 2. That's the eternal quality. That should come shine 
from inside. You can look at her face and she may, her hair may be disabled or her appearance may not be uh, very impressive. But when you talk five minutes to her, you say, she's the most beautiful woman I ever met. That's the impression you must be able to communicate. That's important. Not external, but eternal. That's how you should be able to do it. So it should be beauty. Um, instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Gentle and beautiful spirit. That is great in the, in the sight of God. God loves to see that beauty within you. You know, the way we look at people is always like we look at outward. You know, when Samuel went to anoint a future king after Saul, he was told to go to a house, somebody's house called Jesse's house. So he goes to Jesse's house. And do you come in peace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have come here to offer a sacrifice. And I want you and your family to come. Oh, such a privilege for a prophet to come and invite the family for a sacrifice. And uh, he calls all his children. And the elder one he presents first. Tall, handsome. Sure, he looks at him and says, surely God has chosen this guy. And the Holy Spirit speaks in his heart. No, not this guy. You are looking at outer external things. But I look at the heart, not this guy. Second one looks at him. Yeah, not bad. Very good choice. God says no. After he passed seven of his sons, Samuel was puzzled. Lord, you sent me to this house to anoint a future king. Seven of them you have said no. Then he asked Jesse, do you have more sons? He said, oh, I got one more, the last one. What's he, where is he? Oh, he's keeping the sheep. Call him. Until he comes, we will not do anything. And when David comes, ruddy, very pinkish kind of a face, ruddy, young, innocent, and, you know, ebullient. He looks at him, and the Holy Spirit says, this is the one. Rise up and anoint him. Hallelujah. God looks at the heart, and that same thing he's giving you wives, the privilege, and he says, I take delight in you. I anoint you in that way. He's giving you power to submit, to change the family, and to impact your children and the generations in the following generations. What a great privilege God is giving you. What a great privilege God is giving you. And verse 5. But this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They made themselves beautiful. He's talking about... 2,000, 5,000 years ago, what things have happened. You know, he's talking about they made themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands. And you see the word own husband here. And you see in verse 1, in the same way, submit yourself to your husband. Uh, it's very, he's not trying to say that women will submit to other husbands. It is not his point. But he's trying to say that there's something possessive. Your husband is your husband. There's something positive. He belongs to you. And he's one spirit with you. And you are one spirit with him. And you belong to him. He belongs to you. You have to submit to him because of that unity. Because of the unity. We'll see further how 
Peter uh, supports his own argument in the next verse. We'll see. So now what did these women do? They submitted to their own husbands. And he gives an example in verse 6. Like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him master. Lord in some other translation. Use the word Lord. So is it just calling him Lord is going to solve the problem? Every woman will be ready to call the husband Lord. <laughs> and do whatever you like afterwards. It's not that. The point is she was submitted to Abraham. How was she submitted? When you read the book of Genesis, you will see the story starting from chapter 12. You will see Abraham's story. Sometimes he simply says, now God says, I have to go to some far off country. Pack up. Let's go. And Sarah has to follow wherever he goes. Does he know where he's going? He doesn't know. Do you know where you are going? The wife will ask husband. No, I don't know. Then why will I follow you? Why should I follow you? It's a simple question. But Sarah obeyed Abraham, followed him. And to that point, sometimes she even made mistakes. She, she did wrong things. That's the reason why Paul, I mean, Peter writes here, you obey like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right, not what is wrong. You have to do what is right. And what did Abraham do? He said, tell that you are my sister, not my wife. In several places he goes, you are you know, 75 years old. She is 60 years, uh, 65 years old. And then he goes away and 85 years old, she's 75 years old. He says, tell you are my sister. Why? You are so beautiful. And people look at you and try to keep you alive and kill me. So let them know that you are my sister, not my wife. And in one place, the king looks at her. Hmm, she's beautiful. Bring her. And she goes. And afterwards, what happens? God rebuked that man, the king, in the dream. If you lay a hand upon that lady, you are a dead man. I will kill you and all your household. Abraham is a prophet. You have to repent and restore the, his wife. So he calls Abraham. Why did you tell me a lie that she's your sister? Why do you tell a lie? So these examples we are seeing, they are not perfect examples. That's the reason why Peter says, obey your husbands in all things that are right. That means when he tells you to do something wrong, you don't have to obey. When he commands you to do sin, you don't obey. Is that clear? That's the model. That's the model we have to follow. You are her daughters if you do what is right. And do not give way to fear. Do not give way to fear. Don't let fear dominate you. But if you know who you are, the child of God, and you are adorned with his internal beauty, let the Holy Spirit dwell in you, make you more beautiful. As you submit to God, you, your beauty will shine forth. As you obey God, your beauty will shine forth. So, truly now I have come to three-fourths of the time is gone. One-fourth is left for the husband now. So let's do like Peter and look at the, what's happening to the husbands. Husbands, in the same way, in the same way, not like servant to master. Okay? He says, same way, like Christ to the Father God. Like church to Christ. In the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Be considerate. Be reasonable with them. Don't be unreasonable. 
be reasonable with them love them tenderly support them encourage them stand by them give them strength you be everything to them stand like a strong pillar to them be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as a weaker partner they are maybe physically weak most of the cases very rare rare cases you will have somebody who is physically also strong can take a sword and uh, kill a thousand men that's a different case most of the cases physically they may be weak i sometimes wonder seema you know she loads up the car in, uh, for sunday morning we load the car on saturday evening itself all these things they get into the car and i see seema lifting that speaker put into the car and when we pack up and go from here she first unloads the car removes everything and puts it in the garage again i look at her and said are you weak no you're strong <laughs> so sometimes you know it's a different thing but she has to do means she she does it she does it she's committed to it we have got strong son but then he's busy sometimes he goes to work or something else and and we have to do it and she does not say she doesn't even call me sometimes i'll see when she gets up i know she's going to unload the car so i follow her and try to help her <laughs> and sometimes i'm not aware she does it all alone see that is what it is all about commitment strength comes from commitment but here he says treat them as weaker partner but i think that weaker partner is very difficult word to interpret but as far as i understand the weaker partner is only attributed because even paul talks about it in one of his epistles that he was deceived first not adam because of that that apostles have it in their mind that men are little stronger than women that's what i think i could be wrong but i think that that's the reason why he uses the word weaker applying to the wives but otherwise what is a, what a, what is a good thing about the weaker partner as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life as heirs with together with together that means husband and wife are heirs of god's life are they inferior are they lower no they are equal they are equal partners in the life of god the gift of life we are equal partners in the gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers when you live like that the husband's prayers will not be hindered when you have this hierarchy god in the top husband next wife next children next sometimes couples are live their life so much child becomes after god or sometimes above god also what will happen to that family it will be dysfunctional when a clash comes between I mean, partners and the child. You have to support the wife first, and then support the children. If you begin to support the children, the children will try to manipulate you every time and make you do things that you don't want to do. So, in the family, you let the children know that you love them. Let the children know that they have a place. You let that you cherish them, that you prize them, that you do everything. But they should know that mom comes first. they should know that mom comes first that's very important that's very important the same way the I mean, the wife should communicate to the children i love you you are very dear to me or oh, i re- rejoice in you i support you i care for you i care for the best for you everything 
But if something goes wrong with the children and husband, they should say, that comes first. Then the children. This is God's plan for a successful family, a good family, a functioning family, a family that will be very, very effective and powerful. Woman, uh, the woman's femaleness should elicit honor from her husband. Because she's just female, that should make you honor her. That is God's way of creating. He made them male and female. And because you are male, is not to dominate, not to push her down, not to walk over her, but to honor her, to honor her. Love for wife should not lead to sin. He says, okay, love, honor her, cherish her. But if she makes you sin, you say no. You say no. King Solomon, he had 700 wives, 300 concubines, and they turned his heart away. And he started worshiping. He left this god, Jehovah, and he started worshiping Ashtoreth and Baal and Chemosh and all kinds of gods, goddesses. He started worshiping them. And God had to reject him. Because of his sin, he said, I will take away your kingdom from you and give it to someone else. And Jeroboam revolted against him. And he took away the northern ten tribes he took away, leaving to the southern two and a half tribes. Two and a half tribes. The tribe of uh, Judah and uh, Simeon and half tribe of Manasseh were left for the southern kingdom of Judah. And it never became fully unified afterwards. Never it became unified any time in later. Because of the sin of Solomon. Because he obeyed his wife. Not one wife. 700 wives. And 300 concubines. They misled him. And his heart was not like his father David. So obedience to God is the number one principle in the family. Husband should always obey God. Wife should obey God always. And if that principle always clashes with husband or wife, they should not yield. Don't sin against God by pleasing your partner. That's not God's plan. That's not God's plan. Genesis 3.6, when Adam and Eve also did the same thing. First, it was Eve who was deceived. She ate the fruit. Adam didn't eat still. I, this is my way of looking at it. You can disagree with me. So Adam and Eve were one flesh. There's one unit. So half the unit has revolted against God by eating the fruit. The other half is not yet done. So probably... Adam must have thought, hmm, now wife has eaten the fruit, rebelled against God. What am I to do? The moment he knew that the wife has disobeyed God, something breaks away from him. And he has to choose between God or her, Eve. So it may be one day, two days, three days, I don't know how long he delayed it. Maybe by the end of the day, he said, okay, I go the same way you go. You eat it, I also eat it. When he ate the fruit, then the sin is complete because they are one unit. And then God comes walking in the garden and they were hiding. Where are you? Adam, where are you? He didn't ask Eve, where are you? Adam, where are you? Because he is the head. Because he is the head. 
physical emo- physical weakness emotional sensitive this should not be taken advantage of by husband women are physically weak emotionally sensitive and that's the reason why men should not take advantage of these things saying harsh words difficult words to bear totally wrong when the tongue is not really under control it can do lot of damage in the family and man is responsible not to use his tongue in a bad way <clears throat> they are more deeply hurt by conflict in marriage when things go wrong argument happens who is in tears more most of the times his wife when wife is not in tears i tell you the problem is very dangerous it is beyond this is how you know sorry oh where is that dismiss sorry every time i look at it i don't know where to push <laughs> anyway so the point is when uh, in a relationship husband and wife husband uses he loses his tongue and speaks harsh words is very difficult to repair words are like arrow that has left the bow can you catch it in the middle can you stop it from hitting the target you cannot it's gone once for it is gone so that's the reason why both have to be controlled in using the words because the words hurt deeper than an arrow deeper than an arrow so we need to be careful <coughs> that's the reason why husband must be positive and affirming living in an understanding way bestowing honor to wife why since you are joint heirs of grace of life you are together partaking the grace of life there no one is inferior no one is superior you are together partaking in the life of god women are equal in spiritual privilege eternal importance in order that your prayers may not be hindered if any man complains that his prayers are not being answered one of the questions to ask is how is your relationship with your wife how do you get along with your wife if things are not good between you your prayer will not go to god husbands warning If anybody thinks my prayer is not going to God, if check whether you are dealing rightly with your wife. If you don't, then that prayer will not be answered. It will not go up to God. A husband and wife are heirs together. If the wife shows submission and husband consideration, and if both submit to Christ and follow his example, then they will have an enriching experience in their marriage. Do you like that one? it is summarizing the whole thing the whole teaching i'm summarizing now a husband and a wife are heirs together of the promise of god gift of life if the wife shows submission and husband consideration and if both submit to christ husband and wife submit to christ and follow his example example of christ how he selflessly gave himself on the cross that is a model for both husband and wife then they will have an enriching experience in this marriage enriching experience that means it will be keeping on increasing in satisfaction joy and strength and blessing it is not going to be stagnant that family will not be stagnant but it will be enriching every day it will be richer more look at yesterday and look at today your life is more blessed today than yesterday why because you are submitting to christ because you are loving each other because you stand by each other because you support each other you are equal heirs of gift of life 
many of us here, you know, many young fellows here, I tell you, you got to make this choice in your mind now that you will be, you will take the responsibility to submit to God and to love the woman he brings into your life. And he's going to bless you based on that. It takes more. It is, if only two believers, when they get married, if that marriage is going to be blessed, we should have many happy families. But tell you, it requires more effort to make a marriage work. It's a struggle. It's like a war zone. I tell you, sometimes it's like a war zone. Each one have to fight it. Only then that marriage can succeed. It's not easy. It's not easy. If it is easy, there will not be so many divorces in the country. <coughs> in any country, all over the world. It's not easy. Sometimes when, before I got married, I used to think, oh, I'm a believer and I'm going to marry a believer. We are not going to have a conflict. It's going to be love, understanding, always joy, always singing, always dancing. After two, one month I did, after marriage, I said, no, it's not, that's not what I was thinking. It's totally shattered experience. But what I'm trying to say here is we have to, we have to be shocked to know that we have to put effort to make this marriage work. And I praise God for the lessons we both have learned and we are better people together. And we are going to celebrate 30 years of marriage this year, very soon in October. And I thank God for his grace. That's what the word grace is what you need for a marriage to succeed. As you submit yourself to God, as you submit yourself to God, that marriage will keep enriching every day. You want to know, you ask me one word, What's the secret for a successful marriage? Submit. Submit. That is God's recipe, which will never fail. God's recipe which will never fail. So many times you will see some recipe on YouTube and try it, and you see, uh, you'll regret having, how, having tried the recipe. Oh, this guy, you know, I followed him, but it didn't work out well. Submission will never fail. That recipe never fails. It's God's recipe. For the whole humanity. You can be from any language, any culture, whatever. Man dominating woman, women dominating man. There are so many cultures. It doesn't matter. Submission is going to work. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? <coughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Father, thank you for speaking to us through the <coughs> writings of Peter. Bless each family here. Every family bless them. Every family bless them. Lord, in all their fightings, in all their struggles, Holy Spirit, come along, walk along with them, and Lord, nudge them more gently, that they may begin to honor and respect each other, and that they will honor them each other, and that they will be submitting to each other, to the glory of your name, even as you submitted yourself to the Father. I pray that this word will put that right foundation in our hearts, we are never too old to learn this. So in the name of Jesus, I say right now, Holy Spirit, write it upon their hearts to submit because that is to glorify God the Father. Through their submission, life and love will come into the family and it will make that family stronger and richer to the glory of your name. Lord, the enemy wants to... Uh, put his finger in every family. He wants to destroy the family. But I pray right now, strengthen them in the name of Jesus. Every family be strengthened right now. Receive the anointing, the power of the Holy Ghost to sustain you through every conflict, through every difference, so that you will win together for the glory of God the Father. Bless your children today. Thank you for your word of God. In Jesus' mighty name.
Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Omega. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.